Hello, my name is David Lesner, and I'm one of the pastors at Creekwood United Methodist Church. We are located in Fairview, Texas, right east of Allen, just north of the Dallas area. The sermon you're about to hear was recorded at one of our worship services, which we'd love to invite you to check out live at 8.30 a.m. for traditional or 11 a.m. for contemporary on Sunday mornings on our Facebook page or the recorded version on YouTube. We'd love for you to check out our social media pages at Creekwood UMC or our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more information about what is happening and how you can grow with us in our mission to share God's love. If you feel inspired, there's also a way to give at the top of the website. Thanks for listening to this sermon, and we hope it inspires you in your journey with God. Our scripture for today comes from the Gospel of John, the first chapter and the first 18 verses. Hear now God's word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world And the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born, not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us say, thanks be to God. Good morning. What a way to start our worship together, singing and lifting our voices and hearing of this good news of light and word and Jesus become flesh for us. Will you bow your heads with me in prayer? Loving God, let us breathe in your spirit this morning. Let us know that where we see light, we see your face. And the light that you are 
is light we are called to witness to. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Listening to this text, there is so much to absorb and hear and believe. Many of you are probably familiar with the phrase, the word made flesh. And hopefully when you hear these words, it is Jesus that you picture. When I look at scripture as we know it now, usually bound often in leather or a case that zips up that keeps important things to you, we know this as the word. And when we read scripture, there's always been a piece that comes alive for us. Truths that are known through being close to scripture and knowing that Jesus remains not only in this text, but in our hearts. I want to call your attention this morning as we talk about the word become flesh, what it means that God loved us so much that Jesus became human and walked the face of the earth and lived as a human with us. A divine being who created all of creation knows it intimately, forgives it and us when we make mistakes, and continues loving and forgiving and offering grace. I invite you this morning to look at the altar behind me. And as I step out of the way and give you a chance just to focus on what's here, it is the perfect depiction of this text. I'm not sure how much we focus on the altar when we worship or when we sing, but I want to call your attention to Scripture being front and center on our altar. This big Bible is here reminding us that Jesus is the Word. And if you look right above, perfectly framing the Scripture on the altar are our candles that we light at the beginning of our time of worship and extinguish and take into the world at the end. And that light, these candles, represent for us God's presence. We know that Jesus is the Word made flesh, and that Jesus is the light of the world. We know these things, but I often wonder how much we focus on what they call us to do. Many of you, I'm sure, have scripture at home. A Bible that you may keep with you, keep in your car, take places. It might live on your desk. It might live at your bedside. You may have purchased them for family members, friends, children, to make sure loved ones of yours know the word. But when we read it, when we worship together, sometimes we get so busy with life as it is that we don't always remember what it calls us to do. It's easy to remember that Jesus is the word and Jesus is the light of the world, and sometimes also easy to forget that we are called to be a witness to the light. So I draw our attention this morning to John the Baptist. 
And I just love that this long passage that Pastor Carolyn read for us this morning, 18 verses, I know, it's a lot. And in all of this scripture, it's easy to miss this small two-verse section about John the Baptist. And this section talks about John being a witness to the light. And I just want to read these two verses to you one more time. This is John 1, verses 6 through 8. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. And we know that means that the light is Jesus. But I'd like you to think a little about John the Baptist. Now, I know that we don't know a lot about John the Baptist. Perhaps here at Creekwood, we might think of live nativity as one of the the times that we get a little glimpse of who John the Baptist is. Um, When one of our children of the church will dress in that furry kind of robe, and we remember that John dressed in camel's hair and ate honey and locust. We know that John was born to Elizabeth and Zechariah, who thought they would never have a child. They were old and thought to be barren. These are the little things we know about John. But because we also know that John was deemed the baptizer, that he was a teacher and a prophet, and he traveled and talked to people and taught them how important the one to come was. John knew that his ministry was important because he wasn't the light, but he was called to witness to the light. So I want you to think for a moment of anyone in your life who is of spiritual influence. Often you go to that person when you're struggling. If you need a little support, you need a prophetic word, you need someone to love on you a little. We might go to those people that we look up to spiritually. And we ask them sometimes to help us with problems. And often, when we keep going to that person, it's easy to think that that person might have the answers to our problems. And John reminded us that our job is not to solve all the problems, because we're not the light. It's okay, not only is it okay that we don't have all the answers to everything, but our actual calling as children of God, as Christians, is to testify to that light. Which means it's okay when we don't have an answer. It's okay when we don't shine <laughs> like these lights, candles behind us that remind us of the Spirit of God. It's okay to sit with each other and not have the answers. Because our job is to point to the one who does. And when we live our lives knowing that we are light bearers and not the light, we're sure that all these good deeds that we do and the support that we offer to people and the grace that we show when someone makes a mistake or falls short with us, we know that those things are times that we can point to Jesus.
in this congregation, I think of so many ministries that are bearers of light in this community. One of the first examples that came to mind was our quilting ministry. And I'm not sure how many of you, either sitting here in the congregation this morning or worshiping with us online, have ever received a prayer quilt. But we have a ministry of people that sew these blankets together, some of them even hand-stitched. Each one is prayed over, kept in a place in our office where the staff can access them and give them to people that need a little extra love and prayer. And they serve as a reminder that during that hard time that person is experiencing that there are people praying for them. And that shows a little light, a little grace to that person that is hurting. And it also points to Jesus as our healer and the light. There are so many others from our children's ministry. We have MP kids who serve different different organizations in our community. They serve with them to provide food. They had a day where they learned all about how pollinators, bees, are important and how to keep them in our community so that we can have the food we need to eat. We have preteen and youth ministries that provide a place for students just to be. Whether they're in a silly mood or they need someone to talk to, there's a space for them. And that shows grace in all the spaces that teenagers need. There are times that we feel like we're not enough. And when we know that there's a safe adult or a student that's going to love us even if we're having a hard day, that's grace and a little light held for us when we need it. We have adult small groups that care for their members in ways that only people who have relationships can do. When someone is ill or has a surgery or has a family member in need, we've watched these groups band together to put together meal trains, to visit homes and pray with people when they need it the most, to call and check on someone during a week that maybe they felt alone. And these are all ways that we hold that little candle, that flame, and we pass on that light to other people. What's so important about being light bearers is that by being God's hands and feet, we pass that light on. And we shine it in the places that are needed the most. And we remember that in the act of passing on that light, we know it doesn't come from us. Which means it's okay when we make mistakes. Which means grace abounds from Jesus and from others when we need it most. John reminded us that he was a witness to the light. Our relationships are also witness. And they're witness not just to the person that we are close to, but they're witness to all the people around us. When we as a church show up and volunteer for VBS and show the love of God to the smallest of our disciples, we are teaching that light and grace at a young age 
so that they may grow to continue to be bearers of the light as they become preteens and youth and adults and CEOs and other people in our community. These relationships, the way that we talk to other people, the way that we show up, what we do with our time, these relationships help show others that God is bigger than us, that we all belong to this creator, and we are siblings in Christ. So I want you to think just a little about the last conversation you had before you sat in the chair that you're sitting in now. If you're here in the congregation, it might have been talking with someone in the narthex. It might have been a word exchanged over a donut. It might have been a greeting to someone who sat in your row. If you're at home, you might be talking with children right now who are running around your living room. You might have been trying to get things done while you're also listening and having a worshipful moment yourself. And I want you to think about that conversation and how it might have shown light to someone else. Now, that sounds really big when you're talking about maybe a conversation over a donut. But if those words were said in love, then light can live in them. When we smile at another person and we offer something, whether it be something to eat or a greeting or a question asking how they are, when we offer those things, we are sharing not only ourselves with other people, but we are sharing the light of Christ. In each and every one of your relationships, you witness to something. And when you choose love every day, it's the light that you witness to. And that is our calling as Christians, is to be a witness to the light. Those words sound so big and maybe scary, but when we realize that it boils down to choosing love, we know that in every decision, every word that we share, that's how we become a witness, is we choose love first. We're human. We're going to make mistakes. Jesus knows this. Because God created us. God also knows that living in us is a way that we can continue to show God's love to the world that doesn't even know God yet. This grace is so big that it doesn't just live in words of forgiveness, but it exists even before people come to know God. Which means us living love in the world and showing that to other people means that people can come to know Jesus who have never walked in a church, who have perhaps never opened a Bible, who perhaps live in a country where doing such things might be forbidden. Our love, our actions can help spread Jesus' love across the world. 
So this morning, what I want us to take with us as we leave is remembering that we need to be the light. And we do that by keeping Jesus at the forefront of what we do. When we keep ourselves in relationships that ground us in Christ, we remember that we are not the light. And we remember that the most important thing that we can do is show the light to others. So I urge you, the next time that you are having human feelings of frustration or anger or sadness or despair, that the first thing you do is choose love. Choose love of yourself to talk to someone and get help if you need it. Choose love of someone else to respond with with a kind word, even in a situation that might frustrate you. Choose love of our community and our nation and our environment when we see things that need to be fixed. When we respond in love, the light of Jesus Christ grows brighter and spreads. Will you bow your heads with me? Loving God, we thank you that you are the light in the world. We thank you for the ways that we experience your grace and forgiveness when we need it most. And we ask you to help us to be your hands and feet in the world in a way that every person we meet can get a little taste of the grace and love that exists for them and you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We would love if you could leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening today and let us know how we are doing. Be sure to check out our social media pages at Creekwood UMC and our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more ways to get involved at Creekwood United Methodist Church in person, online, or both. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.